and welcome to the Breaking Over the Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Jandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your anxiety disorder through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. Today, we are back with part four of the Real Root Causes of Anxiety series. So if you haven't listened to part one, two, or three yet, I recommend you pause this episode, listen to those two or those three, and then come back to this one. So part one, is episode 11 and I cover in-depth gut health, nutrient deficiencies, and diet. I also talk about trauma, so specifically the biology of trauma because that's the that's the only way that I can support someone who has experienced trauma. So specifically by addressing the way the body has been impacted long term after the traumatic experience has passed. So four of the real root causes of your anxiety disorder were all addressed in that part one episode. Part two is episode 15, and that's where I discuss the fifth root cause, lifestyle choices. And then we have episode 19, uh, which is part three, and then we have this episode here, uh, which is part four. And actually all three of those are covering lifestyle choices. <laughs> Clearly that's how much I had to say about your lifestyle choices. So there are eight specific lifestyle choices that play a massive role in the development and creation of an anxiety disorder. And today I'm going to wrap up with the final three. So we're going to talk about caffeine do you have to cut it out? We're going to talk about undereating, which means eating under 1600 calories a day. Uh, and we're going to talk about boundaries. And then there will be a part five, the sixth and final <laughs> real reason you have an anxiety disorder, and that is looking at stress management. But before we dive in, I have a few updates to share. So you've probably noticed that it's been a hot minute since a new episode has dropped, I think a month, four weeks-ish. And if you're on my email list, you got an email about this. But if you're not on my email list, basically I decided to actually do what I have said every single summer I'm going to do, and that is work a little bit less. Every summer I make all these big plans in my head. I'm like, this year I'm going to learn how to play tennis. Steve loves tennis. I really want to be able to play with him more. I want to go to my parents' adorable trailer on the lake at least two weekends a month, and I just want to work less. But I'm kind of a workaholic, <laughs> and every year I end up just watching the summer slip away without really ticking any of those things off. And this year I decided when I got back from London, I was like, enough was enough. I'm making a promise to myself and I'm absolutely without a doubt going to force myself to do what I say I'm going to do. And realistically, I'm not going to get to the trailer twice a month, but I am committing to once a month for sure. Tennis, you know, I'd love to play a couple times a week if I can, uh, and really scaling back on work on the weekends, which might look like some weekends I take off completely and other weekends I work a little bit, <laughs> but right now I work seven days a week. 
And one of the things that I usually do on weekends is work on the podcast, which I love. It has quickly become one of my favorite things to do. But the reality is there is only so much time in a day or in a summer and you just can't do it all. You know, something has got to give. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. And sometimes you have to scale back on doing something you really, really, really love for a little bit. So where I live in Ottawa, Canada, our summer is short and I want to make sure that I have time to savor the moments I'm craving with my family and actually follow through on all of my, you know, summer plans or summer resolutions or summer promises. So the newest update about the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast is that it will not follow a weekly schedule or a weekly release schedule. The episodes will hit your earbuds when they're good and ready, quality over quantity kind of thing. And it's really important to me that, you know, every single podcast episode is well-researched, it's thoughtfully prepared and genuinely valuable for you. And that takes time. So by giving every episode a little more TLC, a little bit more flexibility, I can make sure that it's worth your time and energy. Plus, I still have a full-time practice to run. So I might be scaling back a tiny bit on the podcast, but my Breaking of the Anxiety group coaching program is still in full swing and it is bumping over there. So here are a few life lessons that I took away or that I was thinking about when I went to make this decision about a month ago. Number one, always, always, always prioritize self-care. Taking care of yourself is not just this trendy concept. It's legitimately important and life is busy. So when things get busy, it's really important that we prioritize ourselves and our well-being because we cannot pour from an empty cup. So embrace self-care, recharge your batteries. Number one, that's number one. Number two, realistic expectations are so important. Like it's really cool to dream big and aim high, but it's also really important to keep it real. You know, sometimes our plates are already full and it's okay to admit that we need to take something off. We don't have to push ourselves to the brink of burnout. I've been there. It sucks. I don't want to go back. So lesson number two, be kind to yourself and also just be really realistic, like set realistic expectations. Number three, quality over quantity always. I think this is something we already know, um, but a lot of us don't really put into practice. So I have made the decision that instead of rushing through episodes just to meet a schedule, I'm committed to bring you the best episodes. <laughs> so some really awesome content that might take a little bit longer, but it's worth the wait because my energy is behind it. And then number four, cherish family time. I really adore my family. Like, you know, my sisters are my best friends. My parents are super cool. When I was younger, I really just wanted to hang out with my friends all the time. And I wasn't as interested in hanging out with my family. And I still love my friends, but the older that I get, I, I really love hanging out with my family. So the more my schedule fills up and life gets hectic, it's easy to go weeks without seeing them. And I really wanted to change that. So that is that. I have made this decision and 
in the last month since making that decision, I have gone to the lake. I have taken a full weekend off. Um, this is a Sunday that I'm recording it. So this weekend was not off, but <laughs> I did take another weekend off uh, and I've played tennis with Steve multiple times. So I'm happy to report that I'm actually keeping these promises to myself, which is great because that's something that I have not done in the past. So that's the first big update. The next big update is that I'm closing my private practice indefinitely. This is something that I've actually been thinking about for a while, and I'm just constantly looking at my time, my energy, my capacity. I do this to protect my physical and mental health and to avoid burnout at all costs. So I, I just mentioned it, and as some of you, as some of you may know, I crashed into burnout really hard in August 20. 22 and it took me almost seven months to recover so i'm not planning on going back there <laughs> and if you want to hear more about that you can check out episode seven of this podcast appropriately titled crashing into burnout uh, i'm gonna get um i'm gonna get really vulnerable here and share something that i don't think i've ever shared publicly before i did just send this out in an email to my email list but other than that i don't really think it's something that a lot of people know some of my friends and family um but i'll be 33 in a few days on august 8th and um i spent all of my 20s barely scraping by like barely even living paycheck to paycheck Part of that was because my mental health was in such a terrible place and I wasn't always working consistently because of that. But another part was that I was just throwing money down the drain on the wrong things. Uh, an example of this is at one point for like a year or a few years at least, I was so desperate to get better that I would have $150 in my bank account and I would spend 120 of that on therapy. It was incredibly stressful to spend basically all my money on therapy and not get anywhere with it. It's really hard to apply what you're learning in therapy when you like when you can't think, like physically you cannot think, you can't breathe properly, you can't focus. But I subscribed to the narrative that therapy and, you know, medication and yoga, those were basically my only options. So I really spared no expense, even when I didn't have it. I barely ate, both from the anxiety and because I couldn't always afford it. The only things I used to have in my fridge were Greek yogurt, frozen berries, and granola. And the rest of my meals would just be like shitty pub food from the pub that I worked at because I got 50% off. And I was also nannying at one point. So I would basically just eat the kids leftovers or, you know, whatever leftovers there were, or those fishy crackers or granola bars or cheese sticks, or basically like whatever <laughs> was in like the cupboards. If only I had known then what I know now that I was never going to get better that way. The therapy and the medication and even all the yoga I was doing, that was never going to eliminate the anxiety, panic, and depression, especially the way I was eating. And if I had known that, I would have stopped spending money in those areas. I would have moved home sooner than I did and spent my money on what was really going to make a difference, like good quality whole foods and gut healing supplements. Proper nutrition 
deep gut healing and hormonal balancing is what finally released me. Hey, hey, hey. I am quickly interrupting this episode because if you are like me and you are a visual learner, I wanted to let you know about my free one hour webinar class called the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment that walks you through, well, the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment, specifically how to optimize your digestive function, how to fix your gut how to eat in a way that boosts natural neurotransmitter production and reduce inflammation, and how to bring your hormones back into balance. I love podcasts for listening to when I'm on walks or driving or cooking or cleaning. They inspire me and give me so many aha moments, but I am a visual learner. So I benefit the most when I can see the information presented in a clear and organized manner, like a slideshow. I don't really remember or retain information that well when it's just presented verbally, which is exactly what I have done for you in my three secrets to natural anxiety banishment training. And within that training, I share the top things that you need to be doing to optimize digestive function, boost neurotransmitter production, bring your hormones back into balance, all in a beautiful slideshow. So if you haven't watched that, hit the link in the show notes to get your copy of the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment free training emailed right to you. Okay, back to the episode. Therapy was a wonderful addition to my life once I had addressed the body-based imbalances and medication for me personally, it just did more harm than good. So, you know, what changed? How did I overcome the hardest years of my life? And honestly, it's the same way that you might or anybody else would. I had to, I had to really dig deep. I had to get really, really honest with myself about what was working and what was not working. I had to open myself up to learning new things. I had to seek out new mentors because clearly like the people that I was working with, it wasn't working. And, you know, the biggest thing of all was I had to decide that I was going to change. I had to decide enough was enough. I had to see a different future for myself. And I did see a different future for myself. And then I had to get to work. And for me, That came in the price tag of a $10,000 program, my holistic nutrition degree, and it was worth every single penny. Like, did I have the money? No. It took me five years to do a two-year program because I was paying as I went. So I had to work multiple jobs. I was living with my parents for most of it. I was taking courses a la carte, basically. And I incurred a lot of credit card debt that I'm still paying off, by the way. Oh, actually, if you want to hear more about this, so I can kind of wrap it up and get on to the episode, but if you really want to hear the nitty gritty of, you know, like my financial situation and how it's massively impacted my life, then you should listen to my other podcast with my client turned BFF, Jess. Uh, The podcast is called Just Winging It. And it's season one, um, episode 13, titled When Your Business Almost Ruins Your Relationship. 
And the podcast is on Spotify and Apple, just like this one. It's geared towards entrepreneurs with anxiety. So it's a combination of like business strategy and health related topics like pooping, self-care, cycle syncing, nervous system regulation, all that good stuff because business life and health are inseparable. And that podcast really covers it all. So even if you're not an entrepreneur, you should listen to the health-related episodes because it's for those with anxiety. Also, to be super clear, I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm simply sharing what I did, which a lot of people will probably disagree with. Um, you know, people, but the thing is, people constantly ask me, like, how did you do it? Like, how did you do it? And this is how. Like I always found a way to make it work financially, which usually meant working two to three jobs. I still work three jobs to this day. (laughs) And even when it was really, really, really tight, I still found ways to make it work because of my extra jobs, because my mental health just became my number one priority. And it has stayed my number one priority to this day, my mental and my physical health. Like there is nothing more important to me. And so maybe you can, I share that with you because maybe you can relate. Maybe, you know, it's finally your time to make a change. Maybe this is that moment for you. And if it is, I really hope that you join us in breaking up with anxiety. True anxiety banishment will happen for you, but only when you target both the body and the mind. So I invite you, if you need help figuring out what is happening inside your body, I invite you to send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook saying help, and I'll know what you're talking about, (laughs) and I'll send over details on my anxiety banishment protocol. But as always, I digress. I go off on these like passionate tangents, as you know, because I just like, I know that this works like this work works. Like what I talk about works. And I really, really want you to take that leap of faith and experience this firsthand for yourself. But the original point that I wanted to share with you is that, you know, currently to this day, I work three jobs because I can't afford not to. I'm working to pay off mountains of debt that I accumulated all throughout my twenties, essentially because of the state of my mental health. And one of those jobs is obviously running my nutrition practice. So running, breaking up with anxiety and the detox sessions. And what I have offered up until this point is a group and a private version of both programs. And now I am only offering the group versions of both these programs. Breaking up with anxiety is always open for enrollment. It's capped at 12 women a month. So you can enroll at any time, as long as there's space in the program. And it's uh, a four month group coaching program. And the detox sessions is a six month group coaching program that will only be open twice a year. So in the fall, September ish, and then again in the spring in April, and this will be capped at six women. So besides my energy, my time, my capacity and avoiding burnout, which is my number one priority. (laughs) Another reason I came up with this decision is, or another reason I came to this decision is because there is zero difference in how I show up personally with my private clients versus how I show up in my group containers. My group coaching programs provide tons of personalized in-depth support. And I know a lot of people think that private 
is better, but I can promise you that it's not. I have been working with people privately since 2017 and the private, my private clients did not get better results than the group clients. The container, so private versus group, that does not dictate the results you get. How you show up and how you use those containers, that's what dictates the results you get. Going the private route, 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 does not absolve you of doing the work. So if the reason you want or you think that you need private support is because there's going to be some insider secret or shortcut, there isn't. And a lot of people think they need private calls to get results, but what they actually need is accountability, support, feedback, and guidance. And guess what? All of that is actually way more effective in a group setting. So when you're part of a group, you get to experience like the power and the magic of having social support while you're trying to navigate all these dietary and lifestyle changes, shared experiences, and different perspectives. It's like having your own cheerleading squad just motivating you every step of the way. And this kind of magic really is like, I can't think of another word for it other than pure magic for making lasting health changes because you're truly not alone in your journey and you have a bunch of other women beside you who totally get what you're going through and they're rooting for you and your success, which not everybody gets from their family and their friends. In fact, a lot of people don't have the support from their family and their friends when they try to make these big health changes. So really, like, I hope that you trust me when I say that the transformation that happens in a supportive group setting is just something so special. And it's the kind of growth that you just like, it's, you just can't, you don't get that working with somebody privately. So if you still want private support, you know, that's cool. I'm just not going to be the practitioner for you in that case. And on that note, let's dive into today's episode. I mean, I shouldn't say that. This is all part of the episode, (laughs) but let's dive into the meat. So let's finish up with these lifestyle choices, shall we? Okay. So the third final lifestyle choice, caffeine. So are you consuming too much caffeine? Now, caffeine is not just coffee. It's black tea, green tea, white tea, oolong tea, uh, basically everything except herbal tea. It's in soft drinks. It's in energy drinks. It's in kombucha, uh, dark chocolate, certain energy bars, certain snacks will have caffeine in it, uh, pre-workout supplementation, and certain herbal supplements like yerba mate, which is a really popular one so many amazing benefits. I love that herb, but it does have caffeine in it. So consuming too much caffeine is both a dietary and a lifestyle choice. So if this is not clear by now, because I'm assuming and hoping and encouraging you to have listened to all of the episodes in the real root causes of anxiety series, but if it isn't clear by now, they all overlap. (laughs) All these buckets, all these real root causes, they overlap with each other, which is exactly what's happening in the body as well. 
because nothing happens in isolation. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Everything is connected in some way. It's like a spider web. So like a spider web, our health is composed of multiple interconnected elements and addressing one aspect is going to have a ripple effect on all the other things as well. And as you know, I love my analogies and my favorite analogy ever, ever, ever to explain why somebody hasn't found freedom from their anxiety disorder yet is the analogy of a puzzle. So each puzzle piece represents a different action that you need to take. And when all of the pieces of the puzzle come together correctly, you have a complete vision. And the vision is a life free from an anxiety disorder. However, if one piece is missing or doesn't fit well, or a few pieces are missing, then the vision isn't complete. The picture isn't complete, right? So the foundation that you need to be building, the health foundation, the things that you need to be doing, the dietary changes, looking at your gut health, looking at the nutrient deficiencies, the lifestyle changes, like everything I've been talking about in this series and on my entire podcast, that is incomplete. And so your body is still out of balance. And so just like finding the right puzzle, the right fit for each puzzle piece requires attention and patience Releasing an anxiety disorder also requires attention, patience, continuous effort, and just really paying attention to the different puzzle pieces that you actually need. Now, it may surprise you to learn that I actually don't see caffeine as this like black and white thing. Like if you have anxiety, you have to eliminate caffeine. I personally didn't. And a lot of women in the Breaking Up Anxiety group coaching program haven't either. I would for sure like want to know, I would look at how much you're drinking every day and definitely reduce it to one cup and never on an empty stomach. Coffee is not breakfast. You can have your coffee after you've had your high protein breakfast of at least 30 grams of protein. Now, that being said, some people who are sensitive to caffeine, they may metabolize it more slowly. So that basically just means that the effects of caffeine can liver, liver, linger in the body for longer. So those symptoms of too much caffeine, like the jitters, nervousness, irritability, those mimic an anxiety attack, the symptoms of anxiety, right? But this is also going to depend on what's going on with your nervous system. So sometimes, you know, people are like, I'm really sensitive to caffeine. Um, And that's true. They are, but it's because a lot of the time it's because their nervous system is super out of whack. And when you pull that person out of this chronic state of fight or flight, they can have caffeine again without it triggering anxiety and panic. So, you know, can you keep coffee for all my coffee lovers out there? It will depend on how sensitive you are. And it's going to depend on what's going on with the adrenals, what's going on with the nervous system, what's going on with gut health. Like there's a lot of factors to consider. I will say that unless somebody wanted to, I haven't pulled someone off of coffee completely. You know, what I, what I want to know is things like, you know, how many cups a day are you drinking? What time of the day are you drinking? Like, how's your sleep? Do you need coffee for energy? Um, like, are you using it as a crutch? Or are you using it for energy? 
what happens when you come off coffee for a few days? You get like headaches, irritability, like super low energy. Like there's a lot of things that we need to take into consideration before. It's not a black and white answer like, oh yeah, like this person has anxiety so they can't have caffeine. Um, it's actually very rare <laughs> that anything in the health space uh, when it comes to nutrition and diet and gut health and all these things, it's very rare that it is completely black and white. Like everybody is kind of unique. And this is what I help people with within the breaking of the anxiety group coaching program. Like, yeah, there's a general outline and steps to follow, but it's always personalized and customized to every single person because there is never going to be a one size fits all approach. There's going to be basic foundational principles that everybody needs to follow in some way, but the way that they kind of implement those things into their life is going to be different from person to person. And, you know, coffee is one of those things. We also need to look at um, diet. We need to look at the adrenals, the nervous system. I think I said all that. Um, And just a note on, you know, what time you're drinking it and sleep. So if you're drinking caffeine after noon, so after 12 o'clock, this is, this can interfere with sleep and, create sleep deprivation, which is a huge stressor on the body. And, you know, the, the vicious cycle between like anxiety and sleep, um, is no fun. (laughs) I know a lot of people listening really struggle with sleep. It's something that I struggled with for four years. It was terrible. You feel like you're like losing your mind. Um, and as you learned in part two of this series, uh, which is episode 15, Um, sleep is one of the most important things in releasing an anxiety disorder. And if you have insomnia or you have trouble sleeping, it's not from the anxiety. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. (laughs) Um, it's not from the anxiety. It's from body-based imbalances that are creating both the symptom of sleep issues and anxiety. There are two symptoms that are created from the same imbalances. And I talk about, I also talk about this at length in episode nine of this podcast. Okay. So the second last lifestyle choice we're going to talk about is under eating. And again, this is another example of how dietary and lifestyle choices are going to overlap to influence the symptom and create the symptom of an anxiety disorder. Really just to hammer this point home (laughs) that there is never one thing One thing did not create your anxiety. Even just a few things did not create your anxiety. So one thing or just a few things is not going to release it. It is just not how the body works. This is why therapy or, you know, meditation or breath work or medication or whatever it is that you've been trying so far hasn't been enough. You have an incomplete puzzle. You haven't addressed all the root causes. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. I'm like tattoo that onto my forehead. And we have so much resistance to this. And I get it because I really felt this resistance too. It would be so lovely if all we could do was just a little bit of therapy and, you know, maybe just change a few things about our diet and lifestyle. And you know what, for some people that is true because they're already down this path. So they just need a few tweaks. And I work with a lot of people like that. Uh, But that was not the case for me. I needed like a full on diet and lifestyle overhaal that started in 2015. Um, And I also work with 
a lot of people like that as well, who have a significant amount of changes to make. And then I work with some who have less. And it really just depends on the things that you have implemented so far when you get into my program. Now, I just want to make it really clear that I'm not qualified to work with anyone with a current or current or a history of disordered eating. So restricting calories can become a coping mechanism for those who have experienced personal trauma. And there's a lot of layers to this conversation that I am not qualified to cover. So my work focuses on increasing calories because most women are severely under eating. And so I talk a lot about food intake and macros and things like that. A lot of women are doing this, you know, this whole 1200 calories a day when your female body needs a minimum of 1600 calories minimum, like literally just to barely function, like just to function somewhat appropriately. And if you're eating less than that, this is actually really harmful to your hormonal health. This is going to disrupt your entire hormonal balance, your thyroid function, your adrenal function. It's going to create nutrient deficiencies. All of this is going to play a role in the manifestation of an anxiety disorder. Also, it's going to lead to muscle loss, which massively impacts mental health because your muscle is an endocrine organ. So it's a hormonal organ. If you are not focused on supporting muscle health, you won't overcome your hormonal struggles. Uh, And hormonal struggles are mental health struggles. Separate from anxiety, not eating enough calories is also going to impact your reproductive health, your bone health, your metabolism. So get those calories up and do it through protein, fiber, good quality carbs, and good quality fat. Not all calories are created equally. And just for some context, I, I personally eat around 1,800 to 2,200 a day, depending on where I am in my cycle. And if you want to see what I eat (laughs) every day, um, I try to remember, sometimes I forget, but I try to post at least once a day, something that I'm eating. And so I have, you know, those highlights on Instagram. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of you aren't super Instagram savvy because you tell me that in the DMS, which is totally fine. And some of you are. So There's something called highlights. When you go to my Instagram profile, you'll see like the big main bubble with my picture and then my little bio underneath that. And then there's like a bunch of smaller bubbles along the bottom and you can actually swipe left and right and you can see like more bubbles. And I have these bubbles called eats. So I think there's five. There's eats, more eats, eats three, eats four. eats five. Uh, I can't remember. I looked it up at one point, but I think that there's, you can save 200 stories like in these bubbles, which means I have almost a thousand, um, pictures of what I'm eating. So it's going to give you a really good idea of what I eat every day. I also have a couple reels, um, that are like, you know, what I eat in a day. I also, I mean, I have my recipe library. I have my 
how to eat so anxiety stays far, far away workshop. There's lots of resources free or paid, depending on what you're looking for to support you with this. Okay. And our final lifestyle choice, our eighth lifestyle choice, loosey goosey boundaries. I could probably just say that and that would explain it. And we could just end this podcast right here, (laughs) but I won't. Um, first I want you to recognize that there's many types of boundaries. So there's physical boundaries, boundaries around your time, intellectual boundaries, um, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries, material boundaries. So like money and possessions and boundaries, you know, they're not just telling your mother-in-law, like, no, you can't show up unannounced or whatever. Boundaries include your health, what you put on your body, what you put in your body, or what you don't put in your body, what you eat, what you, when you eat, um, how much you sleep, making time for breath work, going for your daily walk, how much time you spend on your phone, how available you are to others. These are all different examples of boundaries. And one of my best friends actually told me a little while ago that she told her therapist that her goal is to be able to set boundaries like me, which is like the biggest compliment ever. I laughed when she told me that. Um, but I wasn't born this like, you know, badass boundary setter, I suppose. If you struggle to set boundaries, you are not alone. Most women do. Most people do. And so I highly recommend listening to episode two of this podcast where I brought on my very own therapist, Chantal. Uh, I started working with Chantal in 2016, and she's a huge part of why I'm able to set and hold such strong boundaries to this day. And so I'm not going to say too much more about boundaries in this episode, because in that episode, we talk about her five-step process that you can use to set boundaries because there is some prep work involved. Setting the boundary is actually step four out of the five steps. And I didn't just wake up one day and I was like, okay, now I'm going to set some boundaries. Like, and I just did it. (laughs) I had to do the work. I had to practice the shit out of it. And it's never ending because situations are always going to pop up time and time again that test your boundaries you know, calling you forward to set another boundary and not only set that boundary, but stand in that boundary to stand in your power and, you know, show the F up for yourself. Because if you don't stand and hold that boundary, you're teaching other people not to respect your boundaries. You're teaching other people like, oh yeah, I said I was going to do this, but like, uh, never mind, you know? Um, and we really do teach other people like how to treat us. And, you know, I don't knock it out of the park every single time. Obviously I'm a human. I would say like 80% of the time, maybe. And this took years and years and years of work. And it's work that I will continue to do and continue to practice, but it is so, so, so worth your time, your energy, your effort. And in that episode, Chantal and I also talk about how to navigate people like navigate what to do when people don't respect or react well to your boundary setting, because that's going to happen. Like that's inevitable. Um, so we might as well learn how to navigate that. So to sum it up, because we are now done with the lifestyle choices, part of the real reasons you have anxiety series, your lifestyle is an accumulation of the daily choices you make. So your lifestyle is the grand total of your daily actions and the things you do or the things you don't do daily 
absolutely can create the symptom of an anxiety disorder and influence how severe the anxiety is. And they need to be taken just as seriously as diet, nutrient deficiencies, and gut health, and the trauma work in both the creation of the symptom of chronic anxiety and releasing it and the banishment of it from your life forever. This is why when people tell me like, I eliminated gluten and you know, I haven't noticed anything. I'm like, okay, amazing. That's awesome. That's such a great start. But what else did you do? You know, that's like someone telling you like, Hey, I have this like 20 piece puzzle and I have one piece. Like, why can't I see the whole puzzle? Right. Gluten is one piece, not the entire puzzle. Now you might be wondering why I haven't included hormones as a bucket as a root cause. And that is because hormonal imbalances are a symptom. They are not a root cause, just like your anxiety. It's more of like a secondary cause, not a primary root cause. And your lifestyle, especially as women is massively going to influence your hormones. Things like how much or how little you sleep, your daily movement or lack of daily movement, the way you exercise, how you exercise, when you exercise, the intensity of your exercise based on where you are in your cycle. Like, are you lifting weights, getting morning sunlight um, or evening, like when catching the sun when it rises or catching the sun when it goes down, going for a daily walk, staying off electronics and minimizing blue light 60 to 90 minutes before bed, staying off your phone, for at least, please, at least 30 minutes when you wake up and at least 60 minutes before bed, having a, you know, a breath work or a mindfulness or a meditation practice. And, and I'm going to talk a bit more about this and meditation specifically and like how I use it uh, in the next, in part five, when I talk about stress management um, from like a physical, mental, and emotional perspective. So all of that is going to influence your hormones. And there will be future episodes that I talk about hormones because I cannot talk about anxiety and an anxiety disorder without talking about hormones. They're very important. They're just not a root cause. And if you apply like what I have spoken about in this entire series and what I'll talk about in part five, you will be doing what needs to be done to address your hormonal imbalances. They are not separate from anxiety. The root causes are are the same. So are you ready to do the work to put your puzzle together, to see the big picture, to see the vision? I'm going to quote um, a post from the holistic psychologist who I'm, you're probably following on Instagram, but if you're not, follow her. She's amazing. I'll, I'll put the link to follow her in the show notes. But she, she, did, she posted this and I was like, oh, so good. And her post said this, not everybody wants to get better. Some people do, but aren't ready for all the work it takes. Some people are very comfortable in predictable misery. Accepting this is a part of maturing in life. And then she goes on to explain that a little bit more. And she says, the lesson I learned as a therapist was some people simply aren't ready to change or they want change to be instant or the emotions and the discomfort that come from shifting patterns have them seduced back into what they've always known. And I will say that this is a lesson that I've learned. And this is something that I see time and time and time again in what I do as well. 
So I also work in mental health, just not as a therapist, as a nutritionist. And then she continues to say, like, that's okay. You know, it's not something to judge. And I definitely don't say this from a place of judgment at all. Um, And she says, it's just part of maturing in life. Like people will do the work and they'll commit to themselves at their own time and their own pace. And I firmly believe that as well. You have to be ready to do these things because these changes aren't temporary. They're for life. And it doesn't have to be 100% of the time, like 70, 80% of the time, that's the rule, you know. But these changes are forever because don't you want your anxiety disorder gone forever? If you want to be anxiety free, your lifestyle has to support that goal. that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality, and there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action, and the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing. My legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now.